that very painful to listen to and it's uh, a song recorded by the English chanteuse Glenda Collins in I think the very late 90s and this is uh, the uh, episode of PZ's podcast number 313 entitled Reverse Chronology and this is a very interesting case and a very sympathetic case of what I would call um, the normal um, uh, desiccation and uh, movement uh, entropic entropic movement downward in human affairs that is represented by this odd track. I want to be thoughtful because I love Glenda Collins. I think she's a wonderful singer, and I think she's tried to come back at least twice. This was 1999, and you may say, "Where? what are you talking about? Well, um, Glenda Collins was an absolutely marvelous young singer who in the very early 60s was introduced by her dad, who was sort of her sponsor, to Joe Meek. And uh, Joe Meek immediately uh, responded to her because she had talent and uh, pizzazz and recorded a whole bunch of songs with her, actually featured her in a movie that he helped produce and uh, uh, gave her some of his best time and gifts. He really liked her so much, loved her, I think, really, and uh, produced some singles and some songs that were modest successes of which we're going to hear, I think, the most inspired a truly inspired track called Thou Shalt Not Steal, based on an American um, song, but better because it's Joe Meek. It's so weird, so remarkable, and so individual, and so creative, and so memorable, and such a work of genius. But um, I wanted to, um, I was struck when I heard um, Glenda's recording of Avenues and Alleyways with how very different the treatment, uh, the voice, really, uh, the tone, the... um, the uh, accuracy uh, of the voice and uh, the whole um, the whole affect of the track as over against what she had done 25 years earlier. And so I decided to call this reverse chronology to start with this picture of a uh, of a talent um, near the end and uh, then compare it with when she was young and at her absolute peak because uh, she peaked early. And there's a lot to be said about that. This is not about... Miss Collins, who is a great talent, it's about what can happen. And here was such an example, because I had such high hopes when I heard that she had come out of retirement. I sometimes um, look at people and I say to myself, gosh, I knew him when he was 20 and he was amazing. Um, I don't understand how he could have really gotten to this point. Now, let me say this really as a general principle. You and I are on a um, pathway of reverse chronology. Another word is entropy. That is downward progression that is inevitable based on our bodies, our 
the mechanics of our voice box, the engineering of our bodies, the bones and lungs and muscles and uh, all the degenerative um, habitudes that are part of living in a physical body uh, in this world and uh, unless uh, and most importantly our mental grooves and habitudes and um, kind of downward sinking inner regressive tendencies unless there is an arrest that is unless those patterns are arrested I was with a guy that I'd gone to school with Oh, gosh, it must have been about 10 years ago. I was at a <clears throat> wedding reception somewhere, and I met, I ran into a guy I hadn't seen for probably, it felt like about 55 years. I think it was about 55 years. And um, the last time I'd seen him when he was 16, he was about as buoyant and optimistic and lovely and hopeful and dear and aspiring and idealistic young man, young person, as you could possibly imagine. We've all known it. We've seen it in ourselves. Sometimes we see it in our children. He was at the very threshold of great things. He had talent. He had good looks. He had a wonderful spirit. He had a great sense of humor. He was not full of himself. He was dear. He was full of love. He was ready to go. And then uh, 55 years later or so, I ran into him by surprise at a reception, and I was struck instantly by the uh, by the decline. Now, some of it's normal. I mean, look at me. I, I'm just so transmogrified by my hair. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm absolutely not going to dye my hair, but it's white now. And I, when I say, would this ever have happened that my hair, I mean, I look like I'm 80. I feel like I'm 60. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm 102. But I, I look 80 in terms of my hair. And I was thinking to myself, how can it be? Well, I saw this guy and everything about him, his muscles were sagging, his the affect in his voice was nothing, was zero. He was down. He, he looked like maybe he had a drinking problem, but I'm not sure that was it, actually. He, he, just, he was almost unrecognizable. And he began to tell me about the decline and the end of his first marriage and a terrible situation he was having with his adult daughter that was really very severe, really upsetting. And um, he was uh, alone, and uh, he had done all right, professionally, you might say, and he had a little bit of extra already, so he was going to survive that way, but not not all that great, and he was um, really pretty down in every way, and he was much older, and I was so depressed, but at one point, I asked him a question, or he said something to me, or he asked me something, and he put his two hands, he crossed his two hands in front of his chest, one sort of his fingers on the opposite shoulders, and at one moment, suddenly, I was trance, uh, I was, uh, you know, what are they doing, Star Trek, remember? I was beamed down, beamed back 55 years ago, and I saw this chap in the seventh grade, this guy, and I saw the look, I saw the humor, I saw the dearness, I saw the hope, I saw the openness, I saw the openness, openness, openness to love and life in his eyes and in his face. Just for a moment, he twinkled, and I was suddenly back there in the early 60s, and I said, oh my gosh, this is the way he was. This is a beautiful moment, but that, it ended when he took his hands away from his shoulders, and he resumed his kind of huddled over look as he sat in a chair at the table where I was sitting with him, and uh, we were back in whatever year we were in, and I was so um, shocked to see the comparison between where we had just been been at that very moment and where we were just a few moments later, but 55 years later. And I wondered about you and me. I mean, I see it in myself after I left Chevy Chase and Trinity. Um, so down, so disillusioned, so worn down, so shocked, appalled, stunned by what life had done and um, 
gosh, uh, with Mary's remarkably faithful loyalty and uh, encouragement, and then this surprise of uh, hearing a sermon one day by Pastor Paula White that was the Word of God, as sure as I'm sitting here, uh, that shocked me and startled me. It was right after um, the inauguration of 2017, and it had nothing to do with that, but it, it, it had to do with my curiosity initially in wanting to hear her, and then bang. And that started a positive chain reaction. So what had been a case of reverse chronology, that is to say, I had thought, you know, I, we had thought that he would be the something of Israel. We had thought that he was the hope. I had thought that I would be at a certain point in my ministry, at a certain point of satisfaction and hope and even advancement. And now to find myself, you know, completely and totally disbarred, uh, that's not the right word, uh, by my own hopelessness at rejection. That's really the word, rejection. Just terminally rejected. What? You know, and then um, the reverse chronology, having had some good moments, and then now, you know, the, the recording in 1999 of this wonderful singer, you know, and it, it, the, the recording, uh, probably badly produced, seems to barely be able to produce a steady, a steady note, a steady sound note on key. And here I am in the same position. And, uh, um, so I'm telling you that I'm giving you a witness now to what could be like a, a little bit like, what is it? It's my life. Uh, oh, no, it's a wonderful life, you know, when he sees what it could be. And that shocks him into going back to where he is so he can go where he was, which is the right place. Go, go the, to the juices of hope and the juices of love and the juices of uh, openness that were there when he was young can be recreated because they are there pregnantly. They are there incipiently. They are there intrinsically and uh, able to be, uh, the page is waiting there to be opened, the book is waiting to be opened to the light, and that's a little bit of what I feel has, God willing, happened to me, but it, I saw it so the normal way it is, which is in reverse, you know, Pinter wrote that play, uh, Betrayal, in which I think it's a technique we've seen a lot now, when you start the story uh, at the end, after the drama of it begins, and then you tell the story in reverse, and you end your movie or your play, with um, what happened actually at the beginning of the story, which was a moment of high hope, and Pinter did that in Betrayal, and it's so upsetting and deeply disturbing and yet so real when something that appears to be good went so bad, um, and you see it now because the story is told in reverse order. I could give you a number of other examples. The wonderful movie, uh, The Miracle of the Bells, with Fred McMurray and Alida Valley and uh, Eli Wallach, Frank Sinatra, that has a bit of the, it starts after the the sadness of the story, and then it not only tells you what led to the moment at the beginning, which is after the action of the story, and then something totally wonderful happens. Uh, a remarkable movement of faith occurs that changes everything. Well, that is sort of what life really can be and is meant to be, and it's not meant to be... Um, um, a bad track that doesn't do justice to your hopes after a, a youth full of promise and success. It's meant to be, a, 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 yes, age-appropriate, yes, epoch-appropriate, yes, quote, season, a word I hate, is almost as much as I hate conversation because it's always used by people who are trying to pull a fast one on you or exercise power. The word season, watch for it, and the word, even though there is something to it, on its own terms, and conversation, although it's a wonderful word on its own terms, but it's not, doesn't mean now what it used to mean. It's now a one-way conversation as opposed to a two-way conversation. In any event, um, 
your story actually is not over, and that's the whole point. So your story, in fact, is capable in its own way of having an achievement as powerful as what Glenda Collins did at the beginning of her career, which is summarized in this very remarkable track entitled Thou Shalt not steal. Now, after you've listened to this track, go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to avenues and alleyways, 25 years separating them, and draw an enormously significant and really important conclusion for your own life. Love you.